This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation. Find your next credit card or loan for a big purchase and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. 97.1 FM Talk. On Demand Audio. The Annie Fry Show YouTube live chat poll of the day is sponsored by Ruler Foods. Low prices, no coupons. Ruler Foods. That is exactly what I needed to hear. Thank God someone here knows what they're talking about. That's us. That's right. Gotta love this American ride. You need to take the time and get the full picture. ladies. I mean, they rev my engine, but they don't belong in the newsroom. It is Anchor Man, not Anchor Lady. What do you want from me? I'm not a Mary, sweet heart. For the sake, kid, keep your voice down. Your father's listening to the radio. I'm not a Mary, sweet heart. This is the Annie Fry Show. As you know, uh, we consider this an unconstitutional witch hunt. It's election interference at the highest level. It's a disgrace. It's in coordination with the White House and Joe Biden because he can't win a campaign fairly. And uh, we're going through it, but it is indeed a terrible witch hunt. We're going to have a news conference a little bit later on. As you know, I want to speak. I want to make this donation. At this moment, the judge is not letting me make the summation because I'll bring up things that he doesn't want to hear. And uh, it's a very unfair trial. Nobody's seen anything like this. I don't think they've ever seen anything like this. President Trump, former President Trump, speaking out in front of the courthouse, from what I understand, the New York civil fraud trial uh, is it's coming to the conclusion, right? We're about to get, at some point, the results of this. And so, I, as he said there, they're going to speak later. It's going to be one thirty our time. We're going to pe- keep our finger on that. Uh, that's right around the time Andy McCarthy is going to be joining us, which is very exciting to have his expertise on the issue. He is a uh, contributing editor at National Review, but he's also a great legal analyst on Fox News. So Andy McCarthy will be with us at one thirty, and we're going to talk to him about um, – that because it'll be breaking news, but I'm also going to talk to him. I want to know what Annie McCarthy thinks about Hunter Biden's stunt yesterday. The more I think about Hunter Biden uh, doing that yesterday, the further away we get. Granted, we're like, what, 26 hours away from it? He's just a punk. I don't really think there's anything more to it. I think that if if um, politics is perception, the perception is that he's a punk. And every day that he's in the news, he just proves it more. Yeah, I was talking to somebody about it just this morning. So about 24 hours removed. And it was already like everybody was rolling their eyes. I roll big time. Yeah. Just that it happened, that it exists, that this is where we are. 
all of the above. So we'll 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 keep our finger on that uh, press conference from President Trump. I have I have two th- lines of thoughts on that. Of course, this is unprecedented behavior towards the former president of the United States, which is well, it seems like we're finding more and more. Uh, I'll I'll soften it and not jump to conclusions, but there seem to be a lot of discussions that have taken place across legal challenges at a political level. I would like to scratch back on the surface of that and see what that unfolds. As in everybody who is prosecuting him knows everybody else. Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, they're all getting together at the slumber party. It, it sounded like, especially talking with Will Scharf yesterday, uh, he was talking about some of that stuff too. I think just that it seems like, well, as much as the White House wants to say they're not involved, uh, Joe Biden's not involved in this, you know, we never really know what Joe Biden knows and what he doesn't because he's Joe Biden and we really don't know what he's hanging on to information-wise. But it does seem like whoever's pulling those strings at the White House is very, very much aware and in contact with all of these different prosecutions. So yesterday I was saying that I think that the Hunter Biden uh, shenaniganery is to distance himself from the president of the United States. I think that the more that Hunter Biden is seen doing things that would not be under the advice of his father, who also is coincidentally the president of the United States, that that gives them a political line of separation because everything is timing right now. Ask the Trump campaign, ask the Bidens. 2024 is upon us. We are, I think, 298 days away from the election. I can verify. 299. Yesterday was 300. I meant to say that yesterday. You're close. I missed. Less than 300 days until the election. And so it really just matters what you think when you go to vote. After that, the details will sort themselves out. Just ask Hillary Clinton and the paid-for Russia collusion hoax that she needed to cash in on on Election Day of 2016. And she thought she was going to do it. And she, along with everybody else, was shocked that it wasn't enough to do the trick to keep Donald Trump out of the Oval Office. And then you have, in 2020... The Hunter Biden laptop, whoever released that when they did, probably had, you know, they did have that for some time. They released it when they released it because they thought this is going to be a gigantic story. No one's going to be able to run away with it. Oh, unless everybody works together to make it like illegal, essentially, to share the story. The timing of everything is what will matter in 2024. So right now they have to manage expectations through your emotions. They have to make sure that they take any story that is out there and massage it in a political way that just makes you feel something that they want to predicate for you so that you react to the feeling the way they want you to react. It's very manipulative, but that is maybe a very crude way of summarizing what politics is, specifically in an election year. Listen to Jill Biden, mother. Mika, I, I think what they are doing to Hunter is cruel. And I'm really proud of um, how Hunter has rebuilt his life uh, after addiction. You know, I'm, I love my son and it's had it's hurt my grandchildren. And that's what I'm so concerned about, that it's affecting their lives as well. Hunter Biden is a crack addict who has not prioritized his family in any way, shape or form over the course of the years We listen to Hunter Biden's own words in his own communications with his father and with his family members. The guy is troubled. He has an addiction problem. All of these things lend in with the story that affects 
people like you and me, which is willingness to take advantage of the American people and the position and authority that has been granted to his family so that he can make money for himself. And the ultimate F you to the United States of America is that he didn't pay any taxes. I mean, if you're if the money that you're making is above board, if you're a Democrat in the United States, what's the most patriotic thing you can do? I think it's probably pay your taxes. Pay taxes. Paying taxes supersedes yeah, that's a service. That's your benevolence fund. Yes. To fund all these programs that you believe in. And if you are somebody who, if you listen to Michelle Obama on that podcast the other day, um, I don't know that we had the clip from her when she says this specifically, but she is talking about how afraid and frightened she is that our leaders matter. She's basically saying, if Donald Trump wins, I'm terrified. And she she makes the the comment that, in summary, says something to the effect of, you know, these people don't think government does anything for you. Government does everything for you. And and any conservative, constitutional conservative worth their weight in salt should fall off the chair at that statement. It's very, very on the nose. Like, you're putting it right out there for us. Yes, you think government is the savior of everything. So much so that the political activist left figures out ways to manufacture problems that they can then expand government to solve. But they don't get to do any of that if you don't do your patriotic duty and pay your freaking taxes with a smile on your face. Well, start with the first family. Do you know how frequently they have pursued Donald Trump's tax forms? And they talk about how he doesn't pay his taxes. No, he used the tax code to his own advantage. And he said that in a debate. Once again, Donald Trump does things that people hate, but he says it. He doesn't lie about it. He's not a hypocrite about it. He says to Hillary Clinton in a debate the fact that, yeah, I use these tax codes to my advantage, but I'm the one who's willing to go in there and change them. You guys have been in charge, and the tax codes are still the way they are. So much so that it gets Dave Chappelle's attention. Dave Chappelle does comedy stand-up on the fact that Donald Trump is so stone-cold that when people accuse him of being super rich and wealthy and using the tax codes to his advantage, Donald Trump is like, yeah? Like, that's that's like a hard life. (laughs) If if you were observing the fact that Donald Trump, he, he didn't care. He doesn't care that he's saying that. He's like, yes, that's what I'm doing. I'm smart to do that. You guys lie to people. You point fingers at everybody else when your fingers should be pointing back at yourself. And you keep the codes the way they are so you can continue to benefit from them. The hypocrisy. When people are exposed to the hypocrisy, it doesn't matter which side of the aisle on it's on. Hypocrisy, I think, is one of the things in the political system that turns people to vote differently more than anything. And look, if you're, if you're listening right now and going, yeah, but you're talking about Hunter Biden not paying his taxes. He's not an elected official. He, you're, we're talking about people that I voted for. They do pay their taxes. Really? Can I ask you real quick, does your president set up 20-something shell LLCs to move money between them and then use a bunch of fake names so that he can be open about his finances and pay taxes? I don't think so. How did he get so wealthy? He's literally been in government his whole life. Yes. Offers no services, does nothing, but has a bunch of companies that don't do anything but make a lot of money. It's certainly upside down world, and people are certainly frustrated. And I don't know that the Republican Party yet has offered the proper messaging response to the thing that is making people upset and angry. Inflation, we just got a report up. Inflation's up again in December. 
I don't know. We, we won't hear a lot of news about that right now because the numbers weren't favorable to the Biden administration. You'll hear it on Fox. Uh, you'll probably hear it here on 97.1. But as those numbers go up and down, we hear about the really great numbers when they go down. We don't hear about the revisions that come the next month. It's it, it's all a game to try to make sure that you hear and are exposed to things that make you feel a certain way. They don't want you to think. They don't want you to dig. They don't want you to research. They don't want you to consider somebody else who is providing you, um, I guess the phrase is alternative facts. Ones that are actually, Kellyanne Conway is on the screen when I say alternative facts. What are no the kidding. odds of that? That was wild. How about that? I manifested her on Fox News. Good job. Yeah, except for that was delayed, so it was actually before. <laughs> you actually saw her out of the corner of your eye on the live one. It's from the, the eyes delayed. in the back of my head. Yeah. My mom eyes. Right. Well, we're going to have Hans von Spakovsky here when we come back, and we are going to talk to him about uh, a host of issues. I'll be curious to see what he has to say about what he anticipates from Donald Trump's 130 presser that he's going to hold. I really want to know if he thinks when when Trump continues to say that this is election interference. What does that mean? What if everyone agrees? Yes, it is. Then what? Who do we impeach everybody? I mean, it seems to be the Republican M.O. right now is, well, let's impeach him. And, you know, I can make a case more than anybody that Mayorkas should be impeached. I understand that if if Joe Biden is involved in what Hunter Biden was peddling across the country and, and that was some sort of way to peddle a uh, politically a high politically placed individual in our country using his time where he's supposed to be serving the American people when he's serving himself and doing it by way of his son. If he's enriching himself while he's the vice president or while he's a presidential candidate, God forbid, while he's the president, I need to know about it. I want to know about it. I really hope that the American people are able to make that decision in November um, I don't know that an impeachment in 2024 is really worth the time and investment, knowing that it would have to be so incredibly offensive to get. I don't know. Maybe we get Fetterman's vote now in the Senate. <laughs> is, is he the new Kirsten Cinema? <laughs> no, I, he's I think he's more common yeah. sense than cinema. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, he, he's he's saying some stuff lately. You look up Fetterman on Twitter and it's like news story after news story. What is going on? I don't know. I, I wonder if that's not he, – he has had such a turn that you almost wonder if some analyst somewhere came to him and said, you know, you're in Pennsylvania. Let's do something a little different. He just got elected, though. He's got uh, Yeah, I know. Years. He's got time. The world's going to change a dozen times yeah. before he needs to worry about running for re-election if he even wants to. It's unbelievable. It is. It makes me feel like I need to have my head checked. <laughs> when I see him, I'm like, surely this is AI. What if it is AI? Maybe it is AI. Nobody's outed it yet. He's more bold in saying what is traditionally conservative policy-based things. He's more bold in his words than the Republicans in the Senate are. Yes. Yeah, he is. <laughs> On certain issues, he is. For sure. <sighs> Fetterman. <laughs> I, I, what? When, when his comments about Harvard. I mean, look, there, there's so many of them. You could pick, take your pick. But that one just amazed me. What if, what if he was always... Who are we? Who are they really fighting? It's a group of cowards. They hide in tunnels. They hide behind civilians. They attack, kill, and mutilate children, women. And they do that? Stop talking about proportion on that. They shot their best shot on October 7th. 
and they would have taken more lives if they couldn't do that, but they couldn't do it. And now let's also talk about that. Now we're talking about genocide. And now South Africa now is now bringing that kind of a, a trial. Maybe South Africa being going to sit this one out when they're talking about criticizing. <laughs> He's not stumbling over his words. Wow. He's not mixing up his words. I hadn't I heard mean, that. I I'm, mean, I'm talking about, like, comparing just his ability to speak out. He was, when he was recovering, closer to the actual event of his stroke, he couldn't understand him. You know, he opened his debate with Dr. Oz. I think the first thing you said was a good night. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might be right. I think it is. I mean, it was an absolute disaster for him, but in Pennsylvania, everybody had voted already. Yeah, that's true. So it didn't matter. Now he's speaking clearly in more than one way, and it is something to behold. I don't get it. I'm not, this is why I, I don't, I have to really work myself, and I encourage other people. It's freeing. There's no politician out there that needs to be your hero. You're supposed to be their hero. There's no politician out there that deserves your unfettered, undying loyalty. The country deserves our loyalty. And if our fight is the same fight on behalf of that loyalty, then actually we're fighting side by side. And there's no politician out there that deserves unrelenting, unmerciful hatred from you because they don't deserve that much of your energy either. You got you to gotta know what you're fighting for and fighting against, and it should be more of an idea. There might be people who get in your way, and if they get in your way, and it's on behalf of what we need to do to protect the United States of America and the Constitution and the order of things, the we the people order the things, then you have to, you have to show up for those battles. But it's not like you're going to defeat Joe Biden and fix the problem. And on the other side, you're not going to defeat Donald Trump and fix the problem. There's always going to be a tomorrow. So on the tomorrow, you have to know what you're fighting for on that day as well. Let's talk to Hans von Spakovsky when we come back. Um, Wiggins America right after that. What is Wiggins America today? It is a continuation of these awkward life situations and how to properly deal with them. Okay. Who better than you? To walk us through. Nobody. Nobody's better. Aren't you kind of a bulldozer on those things? I gave you great advice yesterday, Mm -hmm. and now we're going to go through a few more scenarios. If you say so. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich, the step back three, you bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.
Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. All right, let's take a quick break, Hans, when we come back. Um, First of all, my first question is, who bribed Hunter Biden to be here today? That's my first question. Um, Second question, you are the epitome of white privilege, coming into the Oversight Committee, spitting in our face, ignoring a congressional subpoena to be deposed. What are you afraid of? You have no balls to come up here and... Mr. Chairman, point of inquiry. Mr. Chairman... Um, if the, the lady recognized if, if the general lady wants to hear from Hunter Biden, we can hear from him right now, Mr. And Chairman. Let's take a vote and hear from I'm Hunter speaking. Biden. What are, are you afraid of? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Order, order, order. Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Are women allowed to speak in here or no? Because you keep interrupting me. I'll interrupt the chairman. I don't know that he's a lady. I think that Hunter Biden should be arrested right here, right now, and go straight to jail. That was Congresswoman. Uh, Nancy Mays yesterday as Hunter Biden sat arrogantly in the front of the viewing area of that congressional hearing. Let's get to our next guest. Hans von Spakovsky with us right now, the senior legal fellow at the Heritage Foundation, a former FEC commissioner and a DOJ lawyer. Hans, when you saw the news or if you saw it live, Hunter Biden just walking in and sitting down for 10 minutes or so and then getting up and leaving in the middle of the hearing. What would you think about all of that? Well, I was just thinking about how how arrogant he is and how he was basically trumpeting his defiance of um, Congress. And, and we all know why that is. And it's because he knows that even if the House votes to hold him in contempt and and the committee did that on Wednesday, he knows that. His father's Justice Department is not going to enforce that contempt citation against him. And that's what has to happen. You know, uh, once once Congress, one of the houses holds you in contempt, that's that is a criminal violation of federal law. But in order for you to be prosecuted for that, the Justice Department has to take up the case. And this Justice Department uh, has a a history under Democratic administrations, that they will not enforce contempt citations against Democrats. And anybody who doubts that, just remember what happened with Lois Lerner, right? Former head of the IRS, who was held in contempt for refusing to answer questions about her targeting of conservative organizations. And when that was sent over to the White House, the White House refused to enforce it. We're speaking with Hans von Spakovsky with the Heritage Foundation right now. The idea that uh, Hunter Biden should come in and sit for a private deposition is not outside of the norm, normal order of things, as I understand no. it, when it comes to congressional hearings. Now, we've also seen, and when we talk about this on our show, we get a lot of comments about uh, other people like Jim Jordan and Mark Meadows, among other people who have said no to subpoenas before. And when that happened, the Democrats threw a fit about it. They said this is the natural order of things. They threw the book at Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon for doing what Hunter Biden is doing right right now. So instead of just always having a situation like this come up and being able to point and say, 
yeah, but, and, and doing the whataboutisms from the other side, what is the standard operating procedure and where have there been inconsistencies in how th- that standard operating procedure has been carried out? Well, uh, I mean, you just mentioned them. When, it, when, when this Justice Department under the Biden administration, they enforced contempt citations against Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon, sending the FBI to arrest them. Um, the, the Obama administration, when contempt citations were issued against Lois Lerner at the IRS and for the first time in U.S. history against an attorney general, Eric Holder, they refused to enforce the law. So that, that shows you the double standard. By the way, I could tell you this. Um, if at that hearing on Wednesday, the, um, the chairman of the committee, Jim Jordan, had said, you, you want to testify publicly? Why, why, Mr. Hunter Biden, you go take a seat. I can tell you exactly what would have happened because his claim that he's willing to publicly testify is totally phony. Why? Mm-hmm. Because remember, he's been indicted federally indicted uh, both on gun charges and tax charges in California and Delaware. And you know what would have been the first word out of uh, words out of his mouth if he had sat down at the witness table and asked a question? Uh, uh, Congressman, uh, I assert my right under the Fifth Amendment to not answer any questions. Yeah. I, I think that, that the, those cases, uh, from what I understand, nine tax charges that he will be in court for today. What kind of trouble is Hunter Biden in outside of the congressional uh, pursuit to see how Hunter Biden's business activities may have included the president of the United States, then vice president of the United States? What kind of actual real trouble is Hunter Biden facing legally elsewhere? Well, like I said, he's got very serious tax charges filed against him in California. He's got serious gun charges filed against him uh, in Delaware. And if these charges actually go to court and the judges actually treat him like an ordinary American, he could end up in jail for substantial amounts of time and he could have large fines imposed on him, civil penalties. But remember, these these latest charges are only because the sweetheart deal that Merrick Garland, you know, Joe Biden's handpicked attorney general, uh, tried to get through the courts before on all of these issues fell apart under public scrutiny. So I, I frankly, I don't trust that the Justice Department, even though they have filed these indictments, will pursue these with the kind of vigor they would, particularly if the defendant was a Republican. So Hans von Spakovsky with us right now. I I am seeing a a dramatic shift from the plea deal that Hunter Biden almost got away with to where he is right now. It seems like he's actually facing some significant legal trouble. Uh, With everything legal set aside, when you observe Hunter Biden's arrogance, which was the word that you used at the beginning of this conversation here today, uh, I, I would assume there's a political ramification in all of this. I want to play for you a clip here from uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre to Peter Ducey about the relationship between those two. And I just don't have anything else to share. But the last time he was on the Hill, he said the president was certainly familiar with what his son was going 
to say. I did say that. And, here, so and what I'm saying today... That President Biden does not you, help him with his business deals, but he does help him skirt congressional subpoenas? That is not even true. That That is a jump that is... That is incredibly disingenuous in that question. What I will say to you, I am helping you out. I'm helping you out. I don't have anything else to share. So I think uh, Corinne Jean-Pierre sees Peter Ducey in her nightmares. But when he's asking her about any sort of conversations that lead up to skirting a subpoena or possibly yesterday, is there anything wrong with the president of the United States working with his son, Hunter Biden, to manage this situation? Uh, Yes, because... Joe Biden is uh, the chief law enforcement officer of the United States, and he shouldn't be talking to his son. He shouldn't be talking to his lawyers. Uh, He should have a completely hands-off attitude, and what he should be doing is telling his Justice Department and telling Merrick Garland, who reports to him, uh, you need to enforce the law against Hunter Biden just like you would against any other American and not extend him any special privileges. We have not to date heard the president say anything like that publicly, and we certainly haven't heard his press secretary say that. Correct. Do you do you expect that? I, I guess it's hard for you to speculate, but I mean, a presidential pardon could be in order here, especially if if Joe Biden were to drop out of the presidential race or potentially lose in November. There's a period of time there where you're kind of the lame duck president. I mean, there's nothing about what's going on with Hunter Biden right now that wouldn't be pardonable. Is that correct? That is correct, because all the charges against him are federal charges. There have been no state uh, state charges filed against him. Uh, These are all federal uh, indictments, and uh, the president has the ability to pardon any and all federal crimes. And I have no doubt that if he were to be defeated in the election uh, in 2024, uh, or if he wins the election in 2024, I think in either case, Joe Biden, uh, highly probable that he will pardon his son, because if he loses the election, What can they do to him if he pardons his son? If he wins the election, well, he's limited. He can't have a a third term. So, again, what can be what can be done to him if he pardons his son? Nothing. Yeah, I, I, I feel very strongly the same same way. Hans, thank you for being with us here today. Always lots to talk to you about. It's always hard to pick which topic we're going to discuss with you. But that's why we always love having you back. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thank you so much. Hans von Spakovsky, Senior Legal Fellow at the Heritage Foundation, DOJ lawyer, former FEC commissioner as well, and author of uh, Our Broken Elections, How the Left Changed the Way You Vote. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, Wiggins America to talk to us more about how to handle socially awkward situations. <laughs> you are not going to want to miss this. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Annie Fry Show. Happy to be over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. With you today, just got done talking to Hans von Spakovsky. We've got Tyrus and Andy McCarthy in the one o'clock hour, so you're going to want to keep it here. Right now in the Andy Fry YouTube live chat poll, if Trump were convicted on criminal charges, would that change your willingness to vote for him? 
yes or no. If you go to the Annie Fry YouTube channel in the live chat portion of the page, the poll is there. You can vote, and then you can come fight with everybody who's fighting here today. I don't even know what they're fighting about. I haven't even been able to <laughs> comb through it. I, I, I don't know what it's about. I'm pretty sure someone says Trump's a dictator, and they want to say Trump says he's a dictator, but there's a lot of people questioning why they believe that. I, I just think, like, Joe Biden is a very violent, aggressive, hateful man who wants to take people he disagrees with into alleys and beat them. Behind, yeah, take them behind the uh, gym yeah. in high school. So I, I, I don't—I I think it's tragic that we elected him for president. <laughs> <laughs> For that reason alone. Anyway, now it's time for Wiggles America. You can play that? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. Why are you not looking happy as yeah, I am right look, now? You this, look frustrated. Cut, this cut is so deep that I don't even know it. Neither do we. If this, this is, is the wrong Wiggles, we don't know. This is the theme song to the show. Turn up. The Wiggles. This might happen now. This joke did not originate with me. No, it came from one of our listeners. Ender, I think. Wiggles World. You get the whole world now. Yeah. You've expanded. Yeah, I had just America before. He kind of likes it now. Yeah. Speaking of awkward situations. So, uh, yeah, that was an awkward situation. (laughs) You know, my entire life I've heard things like that, like the Wiggles, but I've never actually heard that song before. Um, So yesterday... I opened up the door to some awkward life situations and how to deal with those. As advised by Harvard-trained etiquette expert Sarah Jane Ho. And when you want to know what everyone thinks about something, you go to Harvard because they just collect it all and present it as their own. And their etiquette courses. (laughs) (laughs) Ironic. So we got through a couple of them. And just to catch you up if you didn't hear the segment, the first one was what to do when someone is rude to you. Do you remember what to do when someone is rude to you? Are you okay? That's right. You ask them <laughs> if they're okay, <laughs> which is very much a way to that's, de-escalate that's that situation. Choosing violence is what that's Ooh. doing. <clears throat> so that's the first one. I can't wait to say that to somebody. <laughs> Are you okay? Yeah, look okay? really concerned, but okay? in a completely in- unconcerned <laughs> way. <laughs> Number two was covering when you can't remember someone's name. Do you remember what they advised yeah. about that? Yeah, I got Fake a new death. phone. <laughs> It pretty much was. It was to never let on that you've forgotten their name. New phone, who dis? Come out with anything, <laughs> any other way to find out their name, but never say that you can't, uh, you, you couldn't remember. Now, the next one is, we haven't gotten here yet. Here's the new one still. Exiting an uncomfortable conversation. Oh, I'm good at that. The, <laughs> well, then advise. How do you exit an uncomfortable conversation? Well, it really depends on what you think about the other person, what you care. I mean, I my ability to not care is pretty spot on. <laughs> yeah, like, I understood. Think, I think more people would care about the aftermath of that than I would. Yes. So you just leave. Is that what you're saying? If that's what it takes. Okay. So uncomfortable conversation, you're just like, yeah, I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, what are we talking about? Uncomfortable? Like, is it? An, I, I don't know. It doesn't say. It sometimes just says, uncomfortable conversations are necessary. But this, the the point here is how to get out of an uncomfortable conversation. So I assume it's not like there's a medical prognosis that you need to sit here and listen to, and it's uncomfortable, but you need to listen to it. Yeah. It's like someone is coming up and asking you if you have diarrhea. <laughs> 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 I see you're wearing a mask. <laughs> Where is your mask? But but has that same concerned look on their face. Do you have diarrhea? <laughs> 
Just be honest with me. That's a throwback to a couple shows ago, in case you didn't know that. (laughs) (laughs) I don't usually talk about callbacks, but... Uh, The way that this Harvard-trained etiquette expert suggests getting out of uncomfortable conversations is to just introduce them to somebody else. (laughs) I can see that working. She says it's so seamless. What if you're just the two of you sitting at the table? That they won't even notice. She offers up the following script. Oh, by the way, have you met my friend? You really have to meet her. She's so impressive. Then leave. That's so rude. (laughs) That's what she says to do. Your problem now. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Now, piggybacking on that, number four is getting out of lunch with coworkers. (laughs) Now, we don't typically have that problem because we're on, but... If there is a coworker who's consistently asking you to lunch and doesn't take any hints that you don't want to eat with them, your instinct might be to continue to make up excuses. Instead, she suggests saying yes, but then ghosting them. Say, yeah. Oh, that's a great idea. Can we also have Tim and Allison come as well? So inviting a bunch of other people. This is is really crap advice. It really is. Just tell people, just say no. They're not entitled to an explanation. Just tell them no, you have to work, or no, I have to run an errand. This is advice for the socially awkward generation. I think that we live in a culture where we don't understand that you don't have to tell everybody everything. You don't have to say everything. That you have the right to say, no, I'm sorry, I can't today. That's enough. Can you say, though, is it mean if you were to say, to say no, and I don't think we ever will? I mean, if you don't want to, if, if, like, again, is this a very well-intentioned, nice person who you work with that you just prefer not to go out? If, you're, if you actually actively don't want to be with that person, that implies that there is something about that situation where you don't like that person. Maybe there are mixed messages and you're uncomfortable. I'm, say, I'm speaking more as a woman that you would feel uncomfortable going out and having a meal with that person. But it's okay to just be like, no, I'm sorry, I can't. And be done. If they say why, just be like, I I got some work to do and I just can't. And if they ask you again, I mean, pretty soon you can be like, I don't want to go to lunch with you. Like, you don't have to. (laughs) I I guess so. (laughs) If they're not getting the hint, like, they're not entitled to lunch with you. And you're not obligated to go with them. And if they ask you all of the time, you either need, you either have a lot to work to do, of work to do, so you can't physically sacrifice the time, you should just say that. Instead of working it up in your head and getting all worked up about it, just be like, I'm sorry, I got a ton, I'm slammed, I can't. Mm-hmm. Thanks for asking. And My, then move yeah. on. Like, one of the frustrating things with, like, especially the last two is, is this person is saying, just shovel the problem off on somebody else. Yeah, Make that it somebody is what they're saying. Because, like... Uh, like introduce the person to another person. Have you met blah, 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 and then walk away? It's like your problem now. Or like, I don't want to go to lunch with this person. Annie, Ryan, do you guys want to go to lunch with this person no. with me? Yeah. <laughs> That's bull crap. That's and actually... if you do that to me, I'm going to go, no, Ryan, and you keep telling me you don't want to go with them either. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you inviting me? You just said you can't stand that they ask you every day. First of all, yes, you would do that. Second... <laughs> <laughs> my my advice is not to anybody listening is not to go, oh, yeah, let's try to get Tim and Allison to go as well. My advice to you is to get on YouTube and message Annie Fry and have her tell the person for you. I can do that. 
This is this is like a what do they call those things? Cameos? Yes. I'll break up with your lunch date for you. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I can't I can't go today, but Annie Fry wants to tell you about tomorrow. Sorry. No. <laughs> That's it. That's it. He's just not that into you. Yeah, I can do that. And he, here's how the advice ends, because I just told you half of it. So you're supposed to say, hey, can we get our couple friends to go as well? Then ghost them. It's exactly what you said. That's what she says to do. Well, Invite this... the friends, then don't show up. How old is this person who wrote this? I don't know. Her name is Sarah Jane Ho. That's all I know about Twelve. Her. And she's a Harvard-trained etiquette Yeah, expert. she sounds like she's in middle school. <laughs> this is unbelievable. It's really amazing. Uh, number five, confronting a friend who never pays you back. Anybody ever been in this situation? I hate it when people demand their money back. <laughs> yeah, speaking of, I have been in that situation, Brian. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Go on. If you want to confront a friend who never pays you back, you can either send them friendly reminders via email or in person by saying, by the way, do you have the money I lent you last week? Just stop lending money. I was going to say. These people suck. <laughs> that's that's you- what I would call a write-off. You don't, you don't, if, if somebody has not paid you back twice and you lend them money thrice, you're stupid I if think you think after, you're going to get it back. I think after one time, you're stupid. No, I mean, no. I, if you're lending money out to somebody, I don't know what, what kind of sums of money we're talking about. This says 100 bucks. So I don't think you're changing somebody's life. I've never lent 100 bucks out to somebody. If I've given money to somebody, it's in a form of a gift, not in a hit me back situation yeah. i'd never expect it back be- and and i don't i'm not a bank go to your bank mm-hmm. if you have money in that bank and you need something tell me what you need and i will help you if i can help you but yeah her advice is after asking just a couple times write it off you're never going to see that money again and then never re- or never lend to that person again and secondly in the future, only lend as much as you're willing to lose ever. Sure. Which I think is good like advice. the same yeah. advice I have for playing poker. Last one. Um, dealing with rude family members. How you respond to rude questions from your family depends on how close you are to them and how senior they are to you. I actually think that's pretty good advice. If it's your siblings or your cousins you grew up with, it's fine to have a bit of a jab here and there and to take it with stride. If it's aunts or uncles, you probably should be more respectful uh, this says, I just sort of do with this a smile. Is unsolicited advice? And look, no, this is her saying this. I just sort of do a smile and look away or remove myself from the situation. But here's here's the, the advice I thought was pretty good. If it's your partner's parents, let your spouse handle it. You don't have to step into that. Rude family members? Yeah. That's a good piece of advice. I, as well. I think so too. Yeah. Good job, Sarah Jane Ho. <sighs> I would say his average job at best. Probably someone else's work. <laughs> Source documents. Excellent. Uh, Tyrus and Annie McCarthy when we come back. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Nerd. Today's episode is sponsored by Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast. Get your head in the financial game with smart investing and budgeting tips straight from the nerds. Nerd Wallet's experts will set future you up for success with dependable, fact-based insights. No financial misinformation allowed. Learn how to save on your summer vacation, find your next credit card, or loan for a big purchase, and invest in your next index fund. Make smarter decisions in 2024. Follow Nerd Wallet Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app.